Hello, and welcome to Vibrant Beginnings Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Thomas. This week, I'm joined by Stephanie. Stephanie is a wife of seven years, mother of five, and teaches theology and history. She has two boys and three girls, ages seven, five, three, five months, and a baby in heaven. She loves music and reading and baking for her family. Where there is time, she likes to crochet and watch or go to see musicals and plays. She especially enjoys going for bike rides and walking with her family and spending time enjoying the outdoors. With that, I give you Stephanie. I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your journey, becoming a mother. You have four kiddos. So tell me a little bit about some of your births and your experiences so far. Okay. Um, so I've actually, I have five birth stories and every single one of them has been completely different. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, with my first I'd have to say that was the hardest, which I'm kind of glad because if they kept getting harder, I don't know if I would have kept going. Oh my gosh. But he was, he was, he was, um, I was in labor for like over 24 hours and like, he was just, he was a mess. He turned around. So I had all back labor, like it was hard. And of course it was my first one. And I distinctly remember I got to a point where I was just like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And like the best advice I got was my mom and she looked right at me and she said, well, you have to, like, you can't stop. And so I think that's kind of been my advice is being a mom. Like I can't just stop. Even if I want to, even if I had a rough day, like I can take a pause. I can, you know, I need my personal time and something for me, but I don't stop being a mom just because things got hard. And that has been more beneficial to me than I would have known. Um, and so like with my son, like my first one, my oldest is a boy. He, I, would, I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, you never do. But I, I remember like I read everything that you needed. and I had this like birth plan ready in place. And, it, and I was so prepared that even though I didn't know what I was doing and even though it was hard, it was okay because I was, I was mentally ready for this. And I was open to, you know, I, I wanted to try natural, but I was completely okay. If it, like I'd never done it before. So I was like, if I need it, I will take the medicine. Like it's there. Ended up needing it. And then literally the nurse left to go get everything going and it was time to push. So I did not get it with my first. (laughs) And then for the subsequent ones, I'm like, well, I've, I've already done it without medicine. I can keep going. Um, and, and each one, like I said, each one has been so unique and has something like so special about each one. My second daughter was the only one that actually had my water break at home. And I didn't know what it was. I was like, my water broke. Maybe I went to the bathroom. I'm not sure what happened. And so that was, that was something new and exciting. And then she stalled. She just stopped like labor stopped. And so like, we're going to have to give you medicine because your water broke and we need to get things going. And she, the medicine started at like 10 a.m. and she was born by 3 p.m. Wow. And so it was very fast. Um, and, and so, you know, and, but she was, she was so easy. I think I pushed for like 20 minutes and out wow. she came from my first where I pushed for two hours because he got stuck. Right. So, but the difference was I, I knew better. And with my first, cause I don't know why, but the doctors still like, they had me like laying down. And I was pushing from laying down and then he got stuck and it was uncomfortable. So I was up more with my second and it was a little easier. And so again, you kind of learn as you go. My third was my scariest one. It was 
June, 2020. So not only were there COVID restrictions and I was terrified of getting COVID because all I heard were stories of, you know, babies being taken away with the dad. If the mom has COVID, the baby doesn't, you know, like all these horror stories. And then we were halfway through labor and they realized she had the cord wrapped around her neck. And they're like, so we're going to have to deal with this. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if we'd have to have a C-section. I didn't know if she was going to make it. And, and so like I had to stop in the middle of labor so I could cut the cord and not choke her as she was being born. And it was, it was probably the scariest thing, but I think what made it scariest was I wasn't ready. Like I had prepared for my first, I prepared for my second and I didn't for her. Labor was harder. It was harder to stay focused. And, and it was like, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for labor. I was ready to not be pregnant. And that was, I think that was a huge difference. Like you have to get yourself ready to go. Um, My fourth one was the absolute hardest. Um, So that one, that is our baby in heaven. Um, I went to my 16 week checkup. I had had no signs, symptoms or anything, but I just couldn't find her heartbeat. And so they told me that I could go home or they would, that I could go to the hospital and they would give me medicine to, to deliver her. And I chose the hospital and medicine route because I didn't know how to go home and be mom, knowing that at any minute my daughter could pass and I could give birth to my daughter at home. So I chose to go to the hospital and they don't tell you, like, you don't know how long it takes. They don't know how long it's going to take. The medicine works when it works. And so I sat there for about seven hours just waiting for it to happen and um when she was born the nurses were amazing and I got to hold her and it was horrible and beautiful and again h- hardest thing is to go home without your baby and and I had three other kids so I, I had to go home and be mom and I couldn't you know like I couldn't just sit there and do nothing And so I think that's what people don't tell you about this is that when you're a mom, you still have to be a mom. You still, you know, you can have the worst thing in the world happen to you and you still have to go home in the world. Like I remember the day after we came home from the hospital, we went to see my parents because that was the plans. And I just, the world kept turning, you know, my world had stopped and people were shopping and talking and complaining about politics. And, you know, it was just, it was hard. It was really hard. And so we were, we decided that we were going to wait a little bit because they say you can, you know, try again as soon as you're healed. But I, I didn't know if I want, like I wanted to continue growing our family, but I didn't know if I could do it again because that that yeah. fear of you know what because we we never knew what happened. There was yeah. no reason. I did the testing. There's nothing wrong with her genetics. It's just there's no reason. My my doctor, who's fantastic, he said sometimes it just doesn't work. Like sometimes it, it the baby just wasn't going to grow anyway, and and so it just happens. And so we waited probably a good six months before we decided that we were ready that we were in both in a good place that we could you know with what we could get through whatever we could get through and then 
actually the first time that we tried that we were open we conceived our rainbow baby who is the one that was born in September and um it like the the pregnancy was very smooth like medically I was obviously a wreck the whole time (laughs) and um his birth was unbelievable like I've never had anything like that so he was six days late Oh gosh. <laughs> which was which was hard to be that pregnant in September, but I was like, we'll try, you know, I want to try and go as naturally as possible because I was induced with my third. I had to have Pitocin for my second, obviously medicine for my fourth. I wanted to try and just let labor start, but he was six days late and no sign of movement. Okay. So <laughs> excuse me. So I decided um I had a doctor's appointment in the afternoon and I had him do a membrane sweep. And I was like, maybe, maybe, but no, it didn't happen. So I had a, a an induction scheduled where I had to go in at night, that very night. And they started giving me medicine at midnight, but very slowly because the doctor didn't want me to have a baby at three in the morning because he was starting oh an entire long weekend on call. So he was like oh, hoping yeah. to get some, he was hoping to get some sleep. <laughs> and so they started at half and at half time, I started feeling contractions to the point where I couldn't rest at about 4 30 and he was born at 7 45 oh, wow. like it was so fast and and he was born and he was perfect and you know it was, it was very healing but with him um I wanted to like be in a different position but the doctor was old school I kept trying to get me to lay down and yeah. so I felt a little unheard and that you know and so I and I didn't like my personality is not one to be confrontational and um, like I hadn't really discussed with my husband, like I need you to make sure this happens because we didn't know. And so that was, that was a little frustrating is that they weren't hearing me and I knew, like I knew what felt good for my body, but I wasn't listened to. Right. And so if, if God willing, we have another one, like that's going to be, again something to change because you like you have to have someone to fight for you if you're not in a position to do it for yourself because while it was fast I like that's the part I remember of his birth is that they didn't listen to me when I asked to be you know to do something and so um that's kind of them in a nutshell so like every single one was different and you can prepare as much as you can and you can be like oh this is baby five I know what I'm doing and then your baby can throw a curveball at you and be born in three hours, yeah. you know? So, but it's, it's, it's such a beautiful journey for all of them. Even the one we lost, like, I don't know if I would change anything about that. Yeah. So that's so beautiful. Now I need to take a second and blow my nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so sweet. Um, the, you answered like a lot of questions that I like to ask as well, you know, like, would you change anything? And that's the beautiful thing about life of what I've seen, not as a mother, but as just like a growing human is the beauty of like the journey. Like there's nothing I would change in my life either. You know what I mean? Like everything happens right. for that reason. So baby number four is preparing you to welcome in baby number five. And right. if there's more, there's more, you know, that's awesome to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of friends that have used doulas for pregnancies. Mm-hmm. So definitely if there is another baby on the horizon, that would be something I would totally consider too. Cause I know a lot of women that 
first baby they didn't have it and then second baby they're like oh no we needed the advocate Mm -hmm. and husband is not always the best choice like (laughs) they want your best interest but they they just don't know either too sometimes right right that's it we hadn't we hadn't talked about it we hadn't you know even thought that the doctor wouldn't listen and so in the moment he's trying to be there for me Mm-hmm. and like he's at my side he's you know doing everything he can to get me through it and and we you know an extra person to be like no this is what we're doing yeah would have been it would have been very helpful yeah definitely um so that's a good a good tip for our listeners and just for yes. future reference as well um was there anything throughout the pregnancies that you did to like prepare and prep like prep the house or prep the kiddos because after having one baby I'm sure it changed having two babies in the house two young ones yes I mean he's not a baby yes. anymore we're not allowed to call him no. baby seven but... <laughs> no we're not no um, I didn't say actually, that <laughs> actually the the hardest part for me was because our kids are were so young was to help them understand so Joey was 19 months old when his sister was born and so it was hard for him until she was here to really like understand. And so the, what we, what we did to help the transition was, um, you know, like we let him feel her kick and, and when he, we snuggled, she would kick him a lot. And like, so we're like, Oh, that's your sister, you know, yeah. you're, you know, and just talking to him about how he's the big brother now. And so he's going to have somebody to play with and to, you know, to look out for, and you know, all these different things, because it's, it's very different and it's hard it's like for so young. So like Joey at, you know, six, when Giancarlo was born, understood a lot better, like, okay, we're gonna have another baby in the family. And that means I can't spend as much time with you. But 19 month old baby didn't get it. You know, Joey, Joey kind of struggled. And, and so we found that including the olders with the baby as much as possible was the best thing. So um, our second did not adjust well to a third baby at first, she was very upset. Um, until we started saying, hey, can you be a, a good big sister and grab this pacifier? Or can you be a big sister and, you know, sit by your little sister as I go grab a diaper? And once she started being more involved, she started bonding with her sister. Yeah. And now they are incredibly close and, you know, best friends. Yeah. And and so it, it's, it's a, you know, it's an adjustment to figure out what each child's needs and you know and and can can do and I've also learned that it's hard on me when we bring a new baby home because the older ones have to rely more on dad and so like Gemma my three-year-old she has to go to dad when I'm a newborn and she doesn't need me as much anymore and it's kind of sad but it's great to watch her grow closer to her dad you know so it's there's a lot of things that people don't you know you're not prepared for when you bring home a second third fourth baby yeah that's why I wanted to ask you the question because I was like I've heard of you know so many different stories from friends of how it's changed dynamics you know Mm -hmm. with other kiddos and especially because you're closer together I have some friends that have bigger age gaps between the kiddos so that's a different adjustment as well so I wanted to hear your perspective on that Mm -hmm. and what you guys have gained as a family that way do you think that there's anything that you wish someone would have told you either before you got pregnant or before you delivered babies that you're like, why does no one talk about this? It's okay to tell people not to come visit. With with my first, um, my family was excited and they wanted to come visit. And I think I had like eight people in the hospital room with me 
um, not even 10 hours after giving birth to a baby. And, and I felt like I had to let them in to see him and, and I had to let them hold him and, and it's okay to say no. Um, with, with my second and with my third, nobody visited us in the hospital. It was just the three of us getting to know each other and it was so much better. And, and like not have people over the first couple of weeks, if you don't want them to like, don't feel bad if you just want to be alone with your baby and your family, because no, nobody said that. And even now, like it took until the COVID baby when we couldn't have anybody over for me to realize how, how easy, how much easier it was as a family to figure out one more child because nobody was in the way. It was just us. Yeah. It was just us figuring each other out. That's beautiful. That's awesome to say and to hear as well. Mm-hmm. So Perfect. there is, like I'm in a bunch of different like women's groups and there was a, a woman that was coming on her second baby. She was having her mm-hmm. second baby, preparing for it. And she was so nervous because she was unsure if she'd have enough love in her heart for baby number two. So <laughs> how does it go? Like, I'm sure there's enough love for all the babies. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I... I feel like it just keeps, it just grows. It's not like, oh, I, I love this one and now I have to take away to go because not only do you love each of your individual children, but then you get to love your child as a big sibling. Yeah. And when, and you can watch them like, so my son, even though he and I were, you know, he's a seven-year-old that thinks he can do anything, watching <laughs> him take care of his little siblings is such a beautiful thing to see and I love him not only as my child but I love him as a big brother now and and each subsequent child like to watch them grow and to bond and to love their little siblings it it just it grows the love that you have for them and so the love starts to change in different ways just like you start to love your spouse different when he becomes a father versus have you loved him before as your husband like it's it just grows. And then you, I honestly, sometimes you think like, how can I love these people so much? Like, how can it just be so much and so big? And, and it, it just doesn't stop. It's, it's a, it's a marvelous thing. Oh, that's awesome. That's very cool to hear. And then I have one last question for you. Okay. It's a little goofy. So <laughs> if you had a, um, if you had a theme song, for being a parent, being a mother, what would your theme song be? <laughs> um, that's a tough one because it depends <laughs> sometimes on the day, but <clears throat> I think it would have to be the that song from Finding Nemo, like "Just Keep Swimming." Oh yeah, that's a good because one. because things are gonna come at you, and like you could have like honestly, this morning I had a great plan for how my morning's gonna go. We left the house and in two minutes, I said, we're turning around and going back home. It's not happening. Like you just have to go with it and you can't let it keep you down and you can't dwell on it because something else is going to come up on your way. And you just have to keep swimming and keep loving and keep being a mom and keep taking care of those wonderful children that you have and, and kind of go with the flow a little bit. And, and that's how you're going to thrive and not just be in survival mode. I love it. That's a perfect song and a perfect analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this empowering episode of Vibrant Beginnings hosted by me, Dr. Ashley Thomas. This podcast is powered by Creating Vibrant Families, where our mission is to help couples on their journey to conception. 
gain health for radiant pregnancies through to birth. Follow along for more empowering journeys to parenthood. Every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. Have a good day. Bye.